Don't move. You're listening to Harpy Hour. We just want to share another awesome podcast with you first. So check these guys out and stay tuned for this week's episode of Harpy Hour. Hello, I'm Anthony. And I'm Dr. Issues. And we're hosts of Capes on the Couch, the podcast where comics get counseling. Superheroes don't always get to go home happy. That's where we come in. We offer psychiatric and mental health analysis of comic book characters. So check us out at capesonthecouch.live and across all social media platforms at Capes on the Couch. Harpy Hour may contain explicit language, as well as graphic, violence, and sexual content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Harpy Hour, the harpiest of all the hours of the day. Aloha. Laid back. Ooh, I actually panicked for a second because I couldn't <laughs> remember what like our opening thing was for a moment. Oh, guys, I had my uh, work holiday party yesterday and we did trivia and part of it was music, like identifying the song and artist. And one of them was my mind on my money and my money on my mind. Oh, <laughs> you got it. It wasn't even holiday. Either. I was <laughs> so quick. Let me tell you, I was like, this is my time to shine. Like, here we go. <laughs> I, I just I nailed it. Ours was, um, we did music bingo, so they played a song, and in order to, like, mark it on your card, you had to know what the song was. Oh. But it was all holiday. It was all holiday songs? Yeah. Please refer to yeah, our please Patreon refer episode to about how awful holiday songs are. RP half hour. <laughs> did you know all the songs? Was this after or before we, re- we did that episode? It was before. No. Nope, nope, nope. That's a dirty lie. It was after. (laughs) (laughs) Filthy liar. Because one of the things we talked about was somebody made the bingo cards based off of a playlist that they made sure did not include Baby It's Cold Outside. And we started talking about it. Like, So this was a virtual party that we were having. And so we were using the chat box to talk to each other while like the music was playing and we were marking our bingo cards. And so we had a long conversation about Baby, it's cold outside. And I talked about the movie Love Hard that I referenced in the Harpy Harpy Half Half Hour Hour. episode Mm -hmm. that, you know, did a A remake. Yeah, rewrote the lyrics and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But like I had on my card, I had the original Santa Baby and then I specifically had Santa Baby dash T-Swift. So I had to get like, I could only mark it when her version of the song played. And thankfully they played both during the time. Excellent. Excellent. Did you win bingo? I did. Here's the weird thing. Because so since it was virtual, the woman who organized it, she made like 150 bingo cards. And instead of like going through the painstaking process of like individually distributing the cards, like emailing me a card and emailing you a card and Tracy a card, like that would have been ridiculous. Um, So they were all online. So she just dropped us like all the links. Like here's 150 cards. Like everybody just pick a random card. The chances that we would pick the same card would be slim, right? How many people? Less than 100, I think, were okay, on yeah. the thing altogether. So she's like, don't everybody just pick the first one, obviously. 
but just like, you know, be random, pick a random one. So we play the game and at least five of us get bingo at the same time. And so like we screen share our cards and we picked the same card out of 150. Weird. That's creepy. Wow. And it wasn't like an obvious number because I, I didn't ask people what their reasoning was. But like I picked 26 because I was just like, oh, I don't know what to pick. I was born on the 26th. Sure. Um, so I just, mm-hmm. I picked 26. Sure. That was my entire decision process. Um, so I don't know why other people picked that card too, but I just thought it was, seemed very unlikely that we would all pick that card. Hmm. But yeah, so there were five winners. I don't know what I won. Unless there are people cheating who had multiple cards going at once and one of them happened to be that card. Mm, it's possible. Ooh. Yeah, possible. It's virtual. You can't say. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Yeah, well, that's suspicious. <laughs> I trust you, Liz, to be a rule follower. I don't know about all your colleagues. Yeah, we have no way to substantiate that. When we used to do bingo, bar bingo at mm-hmm. Kingfisher in DC, you oh, yeah. always you got six cards per round, so you had like, oh yeah, you had to like look at all of them at once. Yeah, 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 yeah. You had six chances to win. So did everyone else. Correct. But it was still like it felt like you had more like momentum, you know, like, oh, like I'm 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 dabbing my paper so many times. But it's because you have six cards that you're playing with. Right. Oh, I missed that. I know it yeah. seems lame to play bingo, but I liked playing I bingo at Kingfisher. I love it. I had I always love playing bingo. I remember when me and two of our friends discovered bingo there for the first time. I. Hmm was very drunk and i won bingo twice that day so i got two two tokens for free drinks we have a pretty good track record at that bar Mm -hmm. and i still have one of my beer tokens and speaking of plagiarism not that i would do this or counterfeiting which we were talking about in In our last last episode episode. with tracy yes the beer tokens are just something i can print off of my computer yeah, it's like a little. <laughs> so you could absolutely <laughs> counterfeit it. It's a little circular emblem, like picture that they just like printed. Clearly, they printed a page out that has like eight of them and just like cut a little yeah. circle. Liz Challoner over here. Yeah, it's yeah. a it's the bar logo that and it says like free beer or something, and it's just printed on a sheet of regular paper and just cut up. Yeah, like they they could just take an extra step and take like a stamp or something and just like yeah. put a stamp on it and be like, if it doesn't have the stamp, it's not real or something. Right, but you know, they right. just like literally just print out a bunch of these and just hand you them out. You could be drinking for free. Yeah, but we like that place. We don't want to. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, do that to it them. It would be really tragic if you were the reason that bar had to close because they gave out <laughs> too many. Too many free drinks. Yeah. Yeah. That, that would be not great. I have not found bingo here in hawaii trivia yes they have a trivia it's called geeks who drink trivia we have yeah, that here that's like it's not big, as popular but yeah. it's one of the options we have yeah that's yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. main one here so that one's a lot of fun yeah we have one out here too my sister when she goes to aruba every year with the family they do bingo at the pool so they have the bingo cards that are like the plastic cards oh, okay that have the little slots you slide so you don't like stamp it it just has like a little slot that you cover or uncover your number 
Mm-hmm. Basically, mm-hmm. so you can use it in the pool and like at the bar. Like, so you can just take your little bingo card everywhere and you can swim around with your bingo card. And some like pool DJ calls out bingo and you just sit there by the pool in the sun drinking all day playing bingo. That sounds fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> the last time we did um, the bingo, or not bingo, the trivia here, the Geeks Who Drank, was like a week, and, week ago. We named our team In It for the Bonus Round. Yes. And then we. <laughs> won a bonus round because they have like it's a bonus question so if you get the mm-hmm. bonus question you just get like one free trinket you don't like win the whole game but you get like a little free trinket yeah sure so i guess we won this obscure question it was like who is this actor in this movie and it was some old-timey movie mm-hmm. and eric was like had no idea he's like gregory peck is an old-time actor and he just wrote his name down and submitted it immediately he's like i have no idea i don't know this movie i don't know this actor i just know that that's a name and apparently that was right and we were one of two teams that got it <laughs> so she's like as she announced it she's like oh and ironically or perhaps not the team who wins this bonus round is in it for the bonus round <laughs> <laughs> and we got a free honolulu beer works koozie Ooh. just mm-hmm. crushing the trivia scene of hawaii Mm-hmm. Oh, we failed miserably at the rest of the trivia because they had the most obscure categories for some mm. of it. But yeah, it it's really category dependent. Well, you got what you went there for. Yeah, exactly. that's true. We did we did what we came to do. Speaking of what we came here for, Elizabeth. Uh, yes, yes. Okay, who are we and what are we doing? <laughs> yeah, have we introduced ourselves? No. Yeah, I'm Tracy. <laughs> I'm Liz. I'm Steph. And this is our podcast. Okay, Liz, what are you talking about today? (laughs) Okay. History, science, entertainment, what are you doing? A penny saved is a penny earned. Look, it's another change thing. It's another (laughs) money topic. Money, 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 money. Money! Okay, that's enough. I have no no guesses. (laughs) It's about money. It's fine. This is a modern story. I know it's very unique for me to do that. Mm. I don't like it already. (laughs) (laughs) Shut it down. Liz is canceled. Suspicious. (laughs) Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Don't Don't be be suspicious. suspicious. How many times can I bring this up in this episode? (laughs) I actually recently, when you said that, and I was editing an episode where you said that, I'm like, I know I know this. What is it from? And I actually had to look it up. (laughs) Oh my God. You are such a pop culture failure. Okay, continue, Liz. So in 2012, in Phoenix, Arizona, police arrest three women. 40-year-old Robin Ramirez, 42-year-old Amico Fountain, and 54-year-old Marilyn Johnson. Okay. This was a joint effort by the Phoenix Police Department and the FBI after an eight-week investigation. It doesn't seem that long to me. Mm. Maybe I'm just used to these like really high profile cases being like months and months and months. It's true. The woman had 12 different bank accounts amongst them. Okay. The police seized $2 million in assets from their three homes. Okay. As well as an airport hangar that they rented. Casual. Which included vehicles worth $240,000. A 40-foot speedboat. Okay. And 22 guns. You know, you can never have too many guns, I always say. Never enough. Never, never. More ammunition for my gun. What do you think their crime was? 
well, I'm going to say counterfeiting because of the teaser. Okay. Or maybe, maybe like embezzlement, something like Could that. Could you be more specific? What did they Creating lottery tickets that were worth 12 grand per ticket. I'm going to guess the counterfeited pennies. The answer is the Oxford English Dictionary. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) That joke still slaps. Still lands every time. (laughs) I thought of that only because I thought the real answer was like almost equally ridiculous. Oh, okay, great. But so it's coupons. I was kind of right. Yeah. Lottery tickets worth money. Yeah. Also interesting to know you're someone who says coupons instead of coupons. Coupons. I was emphasizing. You would be a coupon-er. I say coupon. Coupon? It's coupon. No, that's weird. It's C-O-U, coupon. Yeah, but that's not how you say it. It is how you say it. No. Okay, anyways. (laughs) (laughs) You're outvoted. Uh, We're going to revisit these ladies in a little bit. And I want to take us back to cover some just basics about couponing. So, you know, a little bit of how it works. There's psychology behind it. And then obviously you can kind of, you can cross the line when it comes to coupons. So we'll get to that as well. Are we talking about like extreme couponers or something? Yes. Specifically, we'll talk about generally couponing, but specifically. I've never been able to like extreme coupon and it's really a character flaw. (laughs) Wasn't there a reality there was a show, TV show yeah, yeah about people yeah, who would for sure. coupons so yeah people have like yeah. you know ocd about it and just like well, people have like storage containers for all their like bread that they get for free like yeah it's crazy i remember some of the couponers would have in their like basement or garage or something just rows and rows of shelves of just mm-hmm. food of, that like, they had stored yeah. Because they just got it all on, on sale, so they had to hold on to it. So they just have like a whole grocery store in their garage, essentially. Yeah, yeah. but then you like don't shop for like a year, I feel like. like They still do, because I think there's like I a know, pathological it's so addiction. It's not yeah, just yeah. like they do it out of necessity. I grocery shop the bare minimum. Like, absolute bare minimum. And we'll get to it all. Okay, great. We're stealing her. Yeah, you're uh, stealing all my thunder. (laughs) I'm sorry. Liz is thunderless. (laughs) This segment was inspired by the recent movie, Queen Pins. I don't know if you've seen it on Netflix. I'm going to guess not, or um, you would have brought that up. Probably. If the question is, have you seen, the answer for me is is most likely 75% of the time. Who is Ariana Grande? Yes. (laughs) Death lives under a rock, so... So, Queen Pins is technically a fictional movie about a coupon crime ring, Mm -hmm. but it's based largely, like, on all of those things you guys were just talking about. Like, it features hallmarks of, like, extreme couponing, Mm -hmm. um, and and there's a lot of truthful elements. It's based loosely on the three women I mentioned earlier, Okay, but it's just, it uses all that information in, like, a fictional plot line. Mm-hmm. But I kind of refer to it a little bit throughout just because it does kind of touch on so many of those aspects, like the way it just portrays mm-hmm. these aspects of couponing. So some fun facts. Over 3,000 manufacturers distribute, um, so like manufacturers, like product manufacturers, mm-hmm. distribute 
a total of 330 billion coupons per year, which are worth an estimated, yeah. (laughs) And those coupons are worth an estimated $208 billion, like in terms of the amount saved using them. Damn. um, According to the Federal Trade Commission. I never use like the coupons that they print out at the grocery store. Like mm-hmm. I always I think it's a product of me losing them before my next trip. Yeah. But I mean, I just never really pay it much thought. I will use the ones from uh, I was going to say Long's CVS. I use the ones from CVS. <laughs> yeah, I used to use. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's true. I would use the CVS ones if I can do it in time. It's like you have like four days to use them. Yeah. You have like a week or something. Mm-hmm. I said Long's because here lo- CVS is called Long's for some reason. They took over what? like a local chain. Oh, I think there was a local pharmacy called Long's. Oh, I think I remember that from the honeymoon. Yeah, there's a local chain, I think, that they took over. I just assumed it was so local. So they merged, and now it's called, it's CVS. Yeah. Oh. With those, like, mile-long coupon lists. Yeah. I, we didn't use it. I just saw it a lot. Yes, oh. yes, yes. The more you know. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of one of, like, the traps, especially for, like, amateur couponers or, like, the casual couponer. Uh-huh. So, like, I use the CVS Extra Bucks money well yeah like right away but so many of the coupons that you get from cvs are for a certain amount off of a threshold so like you know three dollars off of twelve dollars of shampoo and conditioner or something like that but like normally you only spend ten dollars on those products and so in order to get that discount you have to Mm -hmm. get an extra one that you wouldn't normally right need so you buy mm-hmm. more than you need than yeah. you would have otherwise bought yeah yeah it's like the thing with like women who are like i bought these shoes they were on sale for like half price but like if you didn't need the shoes you weren't saving 50 percent. you were spending you were yeah. spending 50 percent. right exactly true, 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 so true. that's kind of there's there's well, some of the ruining psychology. the serotonin i get from shopping you're ruining <laughs> it i don't have enough serotonin to go around liz after we like if Eric and I go to Long's and we look at the coupon list or something like Ben and Jerry's or some kind of candy or whatever, well, I mean, we'll be like, go that. right back, buy it right away. And yeah, exactly. go through again. <laughs> like those are targeted and I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So but then there's also, I think that's amongst the people I know, that's the relationship we have with coupons. It's really just what prints out of the register. We kind of assess their value and decide whether or not we're going to bother with them. Yes. Uh, But you also get coupons distributed in like your newspapers or like, you know, weekly mailers and things like that. And so there's also coupon clipping is like a whole other aspect of it. That was like those TV shows that would go through all the different weekly mailers and just clip all, all the coupons. Mm-hmm. so many coupons damn we the three of us and i'm just gonna like assume most of our listeners are um i made this term up just like casual couponer i didn't really see a term that was not an extreme couponer but that's what yeah, i'm just opportunistic it, so. yeah opportunistic um, couponer yeah yeah i think that's reasonable um, but so extreme couponers are basically or to participate in extreme couponing it's essentially a full-time job yeah, of collecting coupons. It's like a lot of mental like anguish to try and mm-hmm. figure and a lot of math, like strong paths. Yeah, on those TV shows it would be like housewives who had nothing else. People to had do. like photo albums of them. Yeah, yeah. they would have photo albums. Yep. They would spend their like a full like a 40 hour a week essentially almost clipping the coupons. I guess if you're paying nothing for food, then maybe it's 
you know, comes out in the wash. But like, it's crazy. There were times in that show where they would use so many coupons that they were actually owed money. Right. Right. Where they were paid cash. Which was like absurd. And they would like know which coupons could be doubled and which ones couldn't Mm -hmm. be doubled. And it was like, which ones could be combined and not combined. It's a whole language. It's crazy. I remember seeing sometimes where they would go to the register and think like, I can use these combination of coupons, but the the system didn't automatically do it. And they would like argue with this poor cashier mm-hmm. who's being paid like minimum wage. Who's like, I don't get paid enough to care about this. Yeah. yeah. Who's like a teenager and doesn't. Yeah. And like a manager gets involved. A bunch of Karen. Oh yeah. Always bunch of Karen's. Oh my God. This was the beginning of Karen culture. <laughs> There's a lot of feedback on that show in particular, of course, like with any reality show. Sure. Other extreme couponers are like, it depicted us poorly. There's an etiquette to extreme couponing that like you're supposed to follow, like not going at peak times of the day so that like your sure, so massive shopping spree isn't holding yeah. up the line sure. um, okay. or like kind of establishing a relationship with the clerks so that you know you're going to a clerk who like can process everything well or something like yeah. that. So like there's, sure. there's certain types of etiquette to the process right. that you're supposed to follow. And I think the show kind of like, like any reality show, these couponers are real, but they kind of like prod you to be extra extreme for dramatic effect. Of course. I think yeah. some of them um, donated food too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those, those people were less shitty. Yeah. yeah. Well, and some of them had just like huge families and it was kind of, you know, one and like they were very stereotypical, like ultra religious, like yeah. have. 40 kids and like the and one income and oh this God, is how 40 kids yeah and this is how like the mom in those situations i know it's super binary i'm sorry but it was always the, or 90 percent of the time it was the mom nine i would say 99 percent of the time it was the mom but uh anyway that was like her contribution to the household So a lot of the things that you mentioned, like what goes into this being a full-time job is there's just a lot of strategizing. So Steph mentioned things like doubling coupons or Mm -hmm. the store matching a manufacturer coupon. Mm -hmm. And then there's also the store sale. So like CVS has their own weekly flyer of things that are on sale. And then if you can like match a coupon to something that's already on sale, like, you know, you're just doubling down. You're making money. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So there's all of that strategizing that goes into the process. And so the collecting, clipping, organizing, and strategizing, you know, increases your scenarios for getting the most out of your coupons. A lot of extreme couponers will subscribe to multiple newspapers or purchase extra copies or take them from their neighbors or like ask their neighbors mm. okay, well, that's theft but okay. well no, I, said I think i mean like if the, ki- the neighbors aren't going to use it yeah can i have your extra coupons so many don't so many throw those away i mean um, they yeah. don't use them and so this is kind of portrayed in the movie but um queen pins they like dumpster dive for the flyers people throw away well yeah if it's in the trash i mean it's clearly not being utilized um but there's also things like facebook groups like there's groups organized around the like trade of coupons as well so there's like i don't know i have a flyer that has a great deal on dog food coupons but i don't have a dog so i'll trade you for like formula coupons because i have a baby so there's like yeah so there's i get that there's a lot of like community organizing around mm-hmm. couponing. Mm-hmm. 
in my household growing up, like my mom clipped coupons, but she just clipped coupons from what we got in our newspaper. Yeah. Yeah. My mom was a very casual coupon. Like, yeah, same. Clipper. Clipper. Yeah. Yeah. It was not like a big deal. <laughs> yeah. But there are like people out there who will collect as many as they can so that they can have six, 10, et cetera, coupons and just like go buy out the stock. Do you remember like, remember that growing up in the supermarket aisles, there used to be these little machines that you could just pull a coupon out of? Yeah. Yeah. In the aisles. Yeah, I and like those. I love those. Yeah. As a kid, <laughs> I would just like pull a bunch of them out, even if it was something that we had no need for. I'm just like, I just oh, like yeah. pulling them out of there and just handing them to my mom and be like, here you go. She's like, thanks. Now we've got eight coupons for dog food and we have cats. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, cool. <laughs> so helpful. Many diehard couponers will get up before dawn to be the first customers at the stores so that nope, they can not worth it. get all the products. Um, and this is kind of a this is where etiquette comes in as well. Like it's considered poor etiquette to like buy all of a product. I get that. And like not leave any for just like somebody who needs to come in and feed their dog. Um like yeah, today, right. you know? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. So that's generally frowned upon. When I worked at CVS, we had people who, um, like, we had limits on certain products. Like, you can only mm. buy six. But you could tell that there were people that came in, and they went to, like, every CVS in the city and bought, Jesus. like, six from the mall. Again, who has the time? Yeah. She, and who has the need? No well, one. <laughs> <laughs> well, you both kind of touched on this already that, you know, like, for me, if I have a coupon that needs me to spend, you know, buy three shampoos in order to save money like that doesn't really make a lot of sense to me because what i'm like yes i can use those shampoos eventually they're not going to expire and i will get around to using them and so if i have that long-term planning like there is value in that deal sure right 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 but for a lot of people it's a matter of like you know when you apply that concept to everything Like, I'm going to buy five cereals and five shampoos and five things of toilet paper. And, like, now you're just, you need a warehouse for your items. Um, And that's just not something a lot of people have, especially, like, the three. Well, Tracy, you probably could do this because you have, like, a house, a proper, like, suburban house. (laughs) I'm trying to downsize. I do not have room for that. I have a large pantry and that whatever fits in there is, that's it. Yeah, but I mean, I lived in apartments my entire adult life. So, like, this is a recent switch. Yeah. But Mm -hmm. so, like, for apartment folks or, you know, other folks with small homes or, you know, lots of family that have other essentials taking up space, this type of, like, couponing doesn't really benefit you if you don't have some place to hold all of the items that you're not going to be using for several months. Also, I have a Craig that I have to feed, so <laughs> that is a stockpile issue in and of itself. So I feel like my like fridge and freezer is still like crammed to the gills. I also feel like a lot of these people who do the couponing, like you said before, have large families, whereas I am right living by myself in an apartment. So like right. recently, I went to Costco and I bought a thing of garbage bags. And I'm like, the last time I bought one of these giant things of garbage bags, I think was about two years ago. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I'm like, it lasts me two fucking years. So I was with Eric and I'm like, do you want half of these? So we decided to split a giant thing of garbage bags because yeah. we can live on our own. <laughs> like, we don't, we don't need it. We're not going to use it in any reasonable amount of time. You yeah. Know? No, that's entirely true. There's no point in storing years of garbage bags. Yeah. Craig and I were just talking about getting a deep freezer for when we 
like have breast milk and stuff. Oh but my god. You were going full suburban parents. Yeah. I um, mean, I'm gonna get to it in a little bit, but like you kind of meet the profile of an extreme couponer. <laughs> she is oh, becoming shit. a full suburban mom right now. I don't like math enough for this or strategy. Yeah. I just want to go in. I get too hangry when I go <laughs> grocery shopping. I just want to go in, get my shit, go home and make and make food. Like, I don't want to think about it. I don't want to do math. I don't want to do any of that. Like, no. Yeah, that's like one of the arguments for couponing. Because like, if you're an impulse buyer like that, then you're going to most of the time end up paying full price. Like, you're just going to pay for whatever yes. is available that time. That's accurate. And so that's why people kind of stock up and hoard non-perishable items like toilet paper. Um, like, if you wait until you need toilet paper and you go to the store, you're going to just pay whatever that price is. Well, we also have time. our Costco memberships. Yeah. So I feel like those kinds of things, like toilet mm -hmm. paper, paper towels, yeah. trash bags, like that stuff we buy in bulk. But yeah. But if you buy things when they're cheapest, even if you don't need it at the time, if you just buy it when it's cheapest, that's going to pay off for you in the longer term if you have yeah. the means of just holding on to them. <sighs> that just sounds so like stressful. Yes. Having to track like when things are cheapest. Yeah. Ugh. I don't have the time. I, do, I don't have the mental bandwidth to do this. So a little bit of psychology. When items in stores, this is not necessarily about couponing, but like shopping. Um, sale prices are oftentimes just the regular price, but presented as a sale. Right. And that's, that's a trick. Um, to give shoppers the impression that they're finding a bargain. This, though, type of scheme uh, often results in 28% of shoppers spending more money than they otherwise would have. Um, so it, it does trick them into thinking like, oh, you know, like I don't need this, but it's just such a great deal. So I'll get it. How do you trick someone into thinking that the regular price is a sale price? marking it as such just saying it's a sale even if it's not yeah yeah just Marks like marking it up saying like oh you know the price is 15 dollars, but we're gonna mark we're gonna put this sign up that says 20 with a slash through it or that like and members pay less like if you have like, like here Costco we have king soup yeah. yeah well here we have king Supers, oh, oh yeah yeah and it says like with card and it yeah. emphasizes that price and then it has a different price without the card but usually if you look at it if, you don't, if you're not just scanning, it says like uh, two for one dollar with card. And then if you look under it, it says like 50 cents each without card. Yeah, you like, have right. to buy the two to get the deal. Right. And just the single item is still full price. Correct. Gotcha. I feel like that's dishonest and should not be okay. I mean, it is, but it's common practice. It's practice everywhere. And then there's... Other aspects, such as receiving and using coupons, decreases stress and increases a person's oxytocin levels, um, which are associated with happiness, by 38%. And that is a higher increase than kissing. Are you saying what? that this is why I have depression because I don't coupon? <laughs> are you saying it's a direct correlation? She's saying it could be a treatment yeah. for your depression. <laughs> mm. Mm. Start couponing, bitch. Got it. Mm -hmm. Got it. I'm cured. <laughs> Additionally, 80% of shoppers who use coupons say they feel smarter. I mean, I'm sure I would, but... <laughs> <laughs> Tracy doesn't want to do it because she doesn't want to do the math. <laughs> I believe you that it is better. I'm just... 
I know vegetables are better for me. I'm not going to do it. Like, <laughs> I feel like does the happiness and serotonin bump you get from doing the couponing outweigh the, the stress frustration and the stress yes. of doing the couponing? <laughs> I would argue no. Well, so here's the thing. And I'm going to get like a little bit into the profile now of an extreme couponer. For you all, it seems stressful because you have full-time jobs and it's not right. worth your time Correct. to do these things. If it takes me an hour to coupon to save me, you know, 40 cents on some pasta, like that's not an adequate payoff. Yeah. But you were kind of saying earlier that like extreme couponing or extreme couponers have like large families and that's not necessarily the truth. Those are families that would probably benefit the most from extreme couponing because they would get the savings Mm -hmm. but it's really a majority of extreme couponers are quote affluent people so like well off educated and tech savvy um, or stay at home moms so people that have a certain degree of you know you need to be smart in a sense in order to juggle this complex process Um, And you need to have the free time. And that is a luxury. So, you know, people who could really benefit from saving money with coupons often just don't have the time to do it uh, because they are juggling family responsibilities, maybe multiple jobs. Like, it's just not a priority to spend their precious, valuable time on clipping coupons. This sounds like a quarantine activity that we could have done, (laughs) but like, but we didn't. (laughs) Yeah. I did puzzles instead. And then also things like, you know, having the storage space to have all of the extra items you're purchasing that you don't need. Um, So it's really actually, it's sort of people who need it less that do it more. You know, well-off educated people with huge suburban homes. So they do extreme couponing, not because they need to, like, I can't afford food, so I need to do this so I can. Yeah, it's more of like a thrill. Yeah, it's a thrill. And it's really just their money management process. Because every Mm -hmm. time that you save money on your groceries, then you can reallocate that money saved to shoes, clothes, a down payment on a car. Like So it's things that you technically could reasonably afford, but you're just choosing to save money on it so that you can Mm -hmm. spend that money elsewhere. So a lot of extreme couponers are actually pretty well off folks who just do extreme couponing as a means to pass time because they're lonely housewives or, you know, just because it's how they manage their budget and their expenses. Look, more power to you. Like, that's fine. As long as you're not being an asshole about it, like taking it like hoarding or, you know, like taking an hour in checkout or whatever like fine good for you (laughs) yeah it's just it's it's kind of a misconception that extreme couponers like are unable to like afford food Mm. um yeah i think that's true the people who really really need to save money just like don't really have the means or the luxury of time to do it to do it sure yeah. So that's just a little bit about the profile. Which is why I appreciated some of the couponers who would donate the mon- the donate the food. Yeah. Sure. And I think that was kind of part of the point of the show was like the demonstration like mm-hmm. you know, making these people go and 
buy all like, you know, see what they could get for all of this money just to prove a point. And then they don't actually need all that stuff they bought. Uh, so they donated it. But let's go back to the woman I mentioned earlier. Oh, yeah, them. Yes. So Robin, Amico, and Marilyn from Phoenix, Arizona. Um, they're the case that, I guess, influenced the movie Queen Pins. And this was the biggest counterfeit coupon ring ever discovered in the U.S. One of the details that I left out when I was describing it earlier, I talked about assets that were seized, but police also recovered between 25 and $40 million in fake coupons from the women's homes. A lot of coupons. Yep. And that's just what they were caught with at the time. So it's like, it's unknown how many like dollars worth of coupons they traded in the time leading up to this. Extreme, extreme couponers. In addition to, you know, the police department working with the FBI, the investigation also included several large manufacturers such as Procter & Gamble, who make products like Pampers and Tide, and the CIC, which is the Coupon Information Center. The CIC is an association of product manufacturers that tries to combat coupon fraud. I didn't know that that was... I didn't know that was a thing. A thing, yeah. 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 Um, I don't know I mean, the I guess accuracy of this, but I think it's fairly accurate that in Queen Pins, they kind of show how a lot of coupons, like manufacturers kind of just contract their couponing, coupon manufacturing, like out to kind of the same people. So there's a few facilities that just like make all of the coupons like for, for the country. And then those get distributed. And then when you use coupons, like they don't go straight back to like the manufacturer, like there's a processing center. Um, so there's like sort of another third party who's responsible for taking coupons that come in from any store, any manufacturer and kind of like processing them, tallying them, inspecting them, things like that. And there's an organization, the CIC, that is like, they represent, you know, the interests of the manufacturers to make sure that their coupons aren't being misused or anything like that. You're talking about physical coupons that they're actually... Yes, like clipped coupons. So they couldn't, or at least these women did not counterfeit in any way, like the ones you have like on your phone or something, electronic coupons, you can't... I am not aware that they did. Yeah, because I say that's how a lot of people do it now. Like I have my CVS coupons on my phone through the app. You know what I mean? So you can't like counterfeit that or they can't like collect those and inspect those. I wonder if they're in the new age, people are going to start finding ways to counterfeit those. Hmm. I don't know. Well, some like online coupons you can print and use them printed. So I think they did that a little bit as well. But I can get Mm -hmm. into that in a minute. Up to 40 manufacturers were affected by the illegal operation. Procter & Gamble did most of the investigating themselves and then just like went to the police and they were like, here's like this evidence that we collected. And this makes a lot of sense because like the federal and, you know, police authorities like don't have the expertise in this particular subject to have like been able to pull off the investigation themselves. So um, the manufacturers essentially like hired professionals to do the investigations and then just like went to the police and said, like, here's everything we have. The police corroborated it and then they moved forward Mm -hmm. Um, because it's in the company's interests to track that kind of stuff themselves. Sure. Although Phoenix police also admit that their first reaction was, 
Seriously? Coupons? <laughs> <laughs> I I got it. <laughs> it's smart. Yeah. And that's kind of like the comedy part of the Queen Pins was like there's it was like a small grocery store loss prevention expert. So like you have loss prevention people at a lot of retail stores that worry about things like shoplifting and also you know, like other petty thefts from the register or coupon fraud. And so in the movie Queen Pins, this like guy discovers that there's been like an increase in, in counterfeit coupons and he contacts like the local authorities and they're just like, really? Like, coupons. We don't, yeah, like this is, we don't have time for this. Um, <laughs> like this is not a priority. I'm Except sorry. they had billions of dollars in coupons. When the manufacturers came in and said, no, like the value of this like the millions of dollars, then the authorities are like, oh, that's kind of a big deal. Uh, <laughs> so Yeah, I mean, if you have like one person making up like a handful of fake coupons to save like 20 bucks, like, all right, well, FBI is not going to give a shit about that. Yeah. So the woman sold fake high value coupons online through eBay and their own website, SavvyShoppersSite.com, which is now not online. Don't try it. It won't work. Um, <laughs> but so a high value coupon are things like half off sure buy one get one yeah yeah like the higher percentage ones or yeah. like yeah and people would buy those because like even if you like you can save money by buying coupons mm-hmm. and as long as the value saved is more than what you bought it for like right yeah it, sure so they had a whole system for selling coupons of which many were fake uh so ramirez began as early as 2007 and uh, she then eventually later brought the two other women in the coupons were for high priority items like diapers paper goods toothpaste laundry detergent they began selling on ebay but then when you were a trusted buyer like they knew that you weren't like or they didn't suspect that you were routing them out or anything like that for these suspicious coupons. They were selling them as they as if they were legitimate, mm-hmm. um, but they were kind of like waiting a little bit to make sure that buyers were like li- trustworthy, and then mm-hmm. they could be invited to get even better coupons from their website. So you had to be like an invited, trusted shopper to use their website. Mm. The woman presented the sites as legitimate, but they asked customers not to advertise the coupons. Like, don't like, don't go Instagramming that like you got coupons from us <laughs> or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, don't be suspicious. Don't. And be suspicious. <laughs> their website was modeled, or modeled is not the appropriate term. The name Savvy Shopper site was chosen specifically because it's so similar to an actual coupon magazine called Savvy Shopper, which is a legitimate like distributor of coupons to consumers. Um, so the sort of thinking people would think that like this would help us make it look legitimate because people will think it's associated with right. this other legitimate source of coupons. The group eventually had fake coupons made overseas, um, which included reproductions of legitimate coupons and then like (laughs) just often marked up to like replace the product. So like ring up at the register as like, oh, this is a coupon for, 
you know, a dollar off, but it doesn't match a product in your cart. But a lot of times, like, it's not worth the hassle and they just override it and give you the discount anyways. Like you grab the wrong brand or the wrong flavor or something like that. Yeah, or it's just an sure. error and, you know, they'll still get the credit for what's printed on it on the coupon. Right. Got it. They kind of felt that this was legitimate because they were only taking money from huge corporations that, you know, can afford it and are insured anyways. Doesn't so, make like, it legitimate. It. Yeah, or if they, if they <laughs> felt, that's not the word I was looking for, they felt justified okay. in it. They don't feel bad about it. Yeah. Sticking it to the man. And the, so all this being said, I couldn't find a lot of information on this case about their motivations specifically, like why they did it and how they got into it. But in Queen Pins, it's a little bit like Robin Hoodie. Like, mm. you know, we're helping people who need to save money. Like, this is really good for them. Like, they need to feed their families and, you know, whatever. And we're just taking money from big corporations. It's not a big deal. Victimless crime. Yeah. The three suspects were eventually charged with illegal control of an enterprise, forgery, counterfeiting, fraudulent schemes, and trafficking in stolen property. It's a little unclear. Like, again, we don't know a lot about their motivations. So, like, why they use their money to buy an airport hangar and fill it with cars and boats and guns. Um, <laughs> but it's what possible. they wanted. <laughs> um, in, in the movie Queen Pins, it's really funny. They make it look like um, the women who were doing it like didn't really understand money laundering. So it was all just how they thought they could clean their money. So they just like started buying up random shit. But uh, we don't really know what they were doing here in this case in real life. So in February 2013, Ramirez, uh, who you know started the whole thing, she pled guilty to counterfeiting fraud illegal control of an enterprise, but the forgery charges were dropped. She was sentenced to 24 months and then seven years of probation. The other two women pled guilty to a single charge of counterfeiting. Amico Fountain was responsible for storage distribution and construction of the coupons, so I think like designing the coupons. She admitted her role in the scheme, but claimed she didn't know the operation was illegal. Like She just thought that they were taking fair advantage of a system through a loophole or something like that, allegedly. Johnson was arrested for running a satellite website of savvy shoppers, and she also testified it against Ramirez. Uh, so she didn't have to serve any time, but she got three years of probation. All three women were ordered to pay restitution to Procter & Gamble, totaling $1.3 million. This amount covers all of Procter & Gamble's losses for the fake coupons, um, as well as like legal fees or something like that. Mm. This is, of course, money they will never be able to pay back. Uh, <laughs> Do they not have one point something million dollars? <laughs> so after weird. it's all been seized, yeah. Uh, court records indicate that Ramirez's probation was extended for another five years after she fell more than $4,000 behind in her payments. Uh, so she has to pay $300 a month and even if she, like, doesn't skip any more payments, it will take her more than 120 years to pay off her share of the restitution. Hmm. So it's, like, not... It's never going to happen. Yeah, it's never going to happen, but she still has to pay. 
until she dies. Technically, shoppers who bought their fake coupons could also have faced criminal charges since it's very likely that they knew the coupons were illegitimate, but no charges were ever filed against any of their shoppers. It's hard to prove that. Yeah. Yeah. They probably had so many people. Mm -hmm. There are a few other uh, crime rings associated with coupon fraud. In 2021, a Virginia Beach woman, Lori Ann Talens, who is 41 years old, was sentenced to 12 years in prison. And her husband was sentenced to seven years for perpetrating a counterfeit coupon fraud scheme that cost retailers and manufacturers $31 million. Wow. It's a lot of money. Yeah. So her scheme was between 2000 or their scheme was between 2017 to 2020. Lori used social media and apps to find groups of coupon enthusiasts, like those Facebook groups I talked about that like trade coupons or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she like targeted them to sell her counterfeit coupons. She used computers to design, create, and produce a wide variety of computers out of her Virginia Beach home. And then she would ship them throughout the United States using the U.S. Postal Service. And the scheme was discovered when one of her customers reported them to the CIC. Which I guess, if you're an extreme couponer, you know who the CIC is. But like, never in a million years would I, would I have known have to go to them. Thought about that. <laughs> yeah, no. The who now? Yeah. Also in 2020, there was a crime ring discovered out of Houston, Texas. A multi-million dollar fraud ring involving 87 suspects across 23 states. Despite how many people were involved, it was a smaller value of fraud. It's estimated $9.7 million in losses associated with the illegitimate coupons. But investigators believe that they could uncover another $10 million as they like, continue to investigate. Using the counterfeit coupons, one individual purchased items valued at $200,000 in the course of one year. And that's what initiated the investigation. Like, that's an absurd amount of coupon savings for one single person to spend. So people were like, um, that's suspicious. They were developed out of a printing house, which was kind of related to a sweatshop, just like all of these people working like ridiculous hours nonstop to produce these coupons. Uh, but they were also made to order. So you could just like call in and be like, I want coupons for XYZ product. And be like, coming right up. Okay, then everyone knew that that was like, there's <laughs> yeah. no way you can be like, I didn't know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you want a coupon to buy a car? <laughs> Thousand percent. Just so happens we have some of those. Yeah. Bogo at Toyota. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and for that, the sheriff's office in Houston uh, was donating items they seized uh, to local nonprofit groups. Because again, a lot of these items are staples or essential items like toilet paper and toothpaste. And actually, my last note that I forgot I had in here is about how extreme couponing is represented in reality TV and media and things like that. So we've already talked a lot about that. But the the scheme featuring the three women that I talked about was featured also on a CBS TV docuseries called Pink Collar Crimes in 2018. I say I hate that. I yeah. don't love that because that makes yeah. 
Uh, hate that a lot. And yeah. you can thank Dr. Kathleen Daly for that. Thanks. <laughs> you suck. Helping women help yeah, women. Right. Dr. Kathleen Daly in the 1980s kind of coined or popularized the term pink collar crimes to describe embezzlement type crimes that typically were committed by women. So it's not a great name, but it, I mean, it kind of fits the profile. So, um, because like it or not, women are the ones who do the shopping for the family a majority of the time. Yes. Thank you. Patriarchy. Yeah. Also pink doesn't have to be for women. I've been sending Craig to the grocery store since our pregnancy lockdown and it's been nice. Pregnancy lockdown. I don't know if I could trust anybody to do my grocery shopping. Liz needs control. I have brand loyalties. Yeah. <laughs> it's not about the money saving aspect. I don't care how much money you spend. I just like don't trust anybody to get the right stuff. I get anxiety when we go on vacations together. And, and other people buy the food. <laughs> and other people buy the food. <laughs> Whenever yeah. I've used like a, a food delivery service, like I used Instacart before. I love Instacart. Yeah, but they were never good about picking out good produce or good meat. Like, they don't pay attention to mm. the quality. They're just like, here's a bag of grapes, like, throw it in. They're, like, half rotten or something. I saw something recently, like, on Twitter or whatever, that somebody used Instacart or a similar service. Um, and they were, I think it might have been England, because they just called it a sprout, but it was Brussels sprouts. And they thought that they were getting a bag or a bunch, like a bundle of they Brussels got like sprouts. one Brussels sprout. Yeah. <laughs> so they put they put one in the box and like didn't notice like how much they were charged or whatever. And then like when their items arrived, it was a sprout. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a similar problem where like you you put in the quantity, like I want one pound of potatoes, and they get you one potato because they just see one. Like they don't pay attention to yeah. it. So that's like the problem with those kinds of things. Produce and meat tend to be the issue. So that's just a little bit about extreme couponing. If you want more helpful tips on extreme couponing and pink collar crimes for the ladies, uh. you can listen to Harpy Hour on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. Wherever you listen, Please rate us and leave us a review. The ROI on it is spectacular. <laughs> How much money have you saved couponing? Tell us about it on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at HeartbeatHourPod or email us at HeartbeatHourPodcast at gmail.com. How much money have you saved couponing? <laughs> Give that extra money to us. <laughs> because you have all this money lying around that you don't know what to do with because you did not spend it on Cheerios. Head on over to Patreon, check out the different tiers we have, and please donate to us to help keep us on the air. Thanks for listening. Okay, okay bye. bye. Pow.